to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, friends, to another exciting edition of the Always Grave with Plot. the exciting. It's got to be exciting. you got to start off exciting, otherwise we just let Speak it, it into existence, like LeVar Ball says. we got to make it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make it sexy or we don't eat. Um, All hips and nips. <laughs> so, uh, episode 91, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This uh, is a very special episode. We're not doing our typical uh, news and then film reviews. We're doing news. That's not the special part. The second part, we're going to be talking about music. And with us today are some of our very near and dear and oldest friends. We've got Jensen Cowart. And Jeremy Edwards. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, guys? Uh, doing good. How about you? Great. Not bad, great. Not bad. Glad to have you. Now, Jensen and Jeremy are here because they're both musicians. They yeah. both know a lot about uh, sp- specifically metal. So they're, they're going to help us out with a lot of the like black and death metal. Yeah. And, you know, the four of us were all in a band together at one point. That's true. A little reunion going on here. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were, that is true, yeah. And Taylor and I were both kicked out of the band. So <laughs> let's start off talking about that. <laughs> oh, what a good way to start who's, this out. Let's not make it But weird. who's still making media? Ah. Oh. Hey, I just recorded the other night. I did. Or you did. I saw that. Uh, what's what's going on with that? Oh, um, well, he, I'm in a band. I think we're working with the title, um, or working with a band name, uh, Dark Triad, right now. Cool. Which I kind of like that name. It's not taken before. It actually is used in psychology, which kind of means like the three bad personality traits. Yeah, the thing that makes like a, a, a psychopath. Uh, it's, it's, uh, psychopathy is like one of the three. The other one is uh, is Machiavellianism, like the manner of like trying to manipulate people for your own gain. And then there's uh, sociopathy, which is not having any empathy for other people. Right. So... Yeah, I thought that was a cool band name. Like, we're in the middle of recording right now. Um, I don't know how that's going. I did all my stuff. Like, every, I seems to be the guy has a mentality of like trying to record like the best demo ever. <laughs> and it's like he just got a singer, and I haven't even met that guy yet. But I heard him once, and it was pretty good. That's good. So the guy just doesn't realize that demos are not supposed to sound good. That's yeah. He's he he's not gonna. He's uh, too much of a. What's, what's you ever met Sam? Oh, Sam. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, he's a freaking tone whore like that. <laughs> he's definitely got a huge stick up his ass about that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I would have gotten this like if I I would have had this out by already if it were up to me. But no, he's like detail oriented up the ass. So this is taking months. <laughs> well I, I on the other hand i haven't been in a band for almost three years now so yeah you guys totally burned me <laughs> got him that's all right you're a you're a uh, working man and a, and a father so that, that's yeah that's that's pretty much what it comes down to yeah it yeah. takes up a lot of time <laughs> yeah well uh well, i mean since we're a, since we're a horror show let's talk a little bit about our, our guests like we Hold on. You, okay, what? We need to thank our Patreon. Oh, sorry. We got, we got a business we got to take care of first. Uh, so we have a, f- a couple new ones. No, just one new one for this episode. But uh, our... Lost my train of thought. Our Patreon patrons, uh, we want to thank uh, Kevin Nesgoda, sort of, um, <laughs> Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, 
and our brand new Patreon patron, former guest of the show, Carlos Rodella. So thank you very much, guys. Taylor, if anybody else... <laughs> thank you, Jensen. <laughs> um, if anybody else wants to contribute, where can they go? Patreon.com slash Podcast. And what do they get? They get some shit. <laughs> as little as a dollar will get you uh, access to our Patreon-only feed, where you can pick our monthly... Uh, video reviews, which are Patreon exclusive. You also get a free sticker. Uh, Five dollars gets your name on the show, like the gentleman we just said. Uh, Ten dollars gets you some uh, video drunken cinema. Whenever we do one of those again, and uh, twenty dollars gets you a free shirt. Hey, so good stuff to be had. Yeah. Uh, so sorry about the fan in the background, guys. Um, just to let you know, it's a little warm it's, today. It's hotter than a son of a bitch in here. So. We're all sitting here sweating our asses off, but we're doing it for the art. Right, guys? Yes. Oh, sure. Thumbs. <laughs> hey. Jensen's not on board, but fuck <laughs> him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay, so Taylor, as you were saying. As I was saying, uh, I just kind of wanted to kind of, you know, let our guests introduce some of their favorite horror films, what, what they enjoy watching in the genre. Where do you know, you and I know, Jeremy loves his god-awful shot on video movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Honestly, I the, like the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. The The first time that uh, the three of us had discussed uh, me appearing on uh, your show with you, uh, we talked about actually doing uh, a retrospective about the SOV subgenre horror from the 1980s, and uh, that's an idea I hope we can revisit sometime. Um, but, you know, I like, uh, you know, all, all, the, all the, you know, the big ones, uh, you know, Evil Dead, uh, the Jason films, of course, you know, um, you know, and as you guys pointed out, I do also like a lot more of the underground stuff. Uh, you know, trauma, trauma esque type stuff. Go ahead, Jensen. Yeah, I'm kind of the uh, kind of the same way. I really like the trauma esque. Uh, you know, like the over the top kind of gore, ridiculous. Like it's not really that scary, but it's kind of horror. You know. Yeah, I mean, it definitely it falls into the horror genre. Just. Sure. Something that we've talked about seemingly to no end on the show is that, you know, as horror fans and even casual horror fans, you know, like yourself, we live in an age where there's so many worse things going on in the real world that mm -hmm. when we see something terrifying on film, it doesn't really have the same effect that it may have yeah, decades ago. Yeah, I probably ago. get more terrified watching, like, documentaries about Cambodia in the 70s or right. Nazi Germany documentaries that like watching like a slasher film or even a, like a even like a psychological horror film or something like that you know yeah yeah or like you know seeing things in the news about north korea north korea launching missiles that could potentially le reach chicago or yeah That's even funny. like the story of like that guy that got like a guy guy that got arrested over there for trying to take a poster and then came out of it like bloodied and died shortly right that was I can't imagine what that guy went through, and that's got to be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty damn terrible. So, yeah, I mean, the real world is much more awful <laughs> than uh, film. So we can kind of use film as an escape, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, it's just like, what's a South Park face? It's like, there's still point in getting scared about things that are, aren't real. There's plenty of real things to be terrified of. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so let's just talk about some stuff. Let's start out saying that uh, everybody's favorite annoying chick, uh, Lena Dunham, 
is coming on board for the next season of American Horror Story. Yeah, just in case you like thought maybe you might want to watch this season. Yeah. You know, I heard that uh, Michael Chiklis is going to be on that show. He's been on it a couple seasons. Has he? See, yeah. I don't. I don't actually watch that show. I yeah, just... I mean, it's as far as the quality of the seasons, it's been really hit and miss. Like the first season was awesome. The second season, so I believe it was the first season that I saw like a few episodes from, and I thought, you know, it, it's not too bad. Yeah, first season's still the best. Yeah, my wife and I went to that uh, went to the house, the mansion, uh, when we were down in L.A. last year. It's pretty cool. It was, the murder house. The murder house. Yeah. Uh, it was all fenced up though, so like I don't know. It looked like maybe somebody had bought it and they were doing renovations. I don't know, but anyway. And there was a little girl with Down syndrome out front. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna die in there. It's like, all right, let's uh, let's go. Let's leave. <laughs> I've seen enough. <laughs> uh yeah. Um, and the, the theme is cult this year. Yeah. Which, but it's somehow tied to the election. I guess. I mean, that's what Murphy said. But the, the teaser doesn't give you that indication at all. You know, a lot of the uh, initial advertising that I thought was official said American Horror Story election. Yeah. So I don't know if that was just fake or if they changed the name or, or what. But I don't know either. Anyway. Uh, there's a new Day of the Dead coming out. Oh, Taylor's, God. Taylor's so excited about that. <sighs> Didn't they already remake that movie? Yeah, yeah and it was awful. I, mean, I never saw the remake. Oh, my God, it was so bad. Bub was a vegan. <laughs> Let me just say R.I.P. George Romero really quick. We lost him pretty recently. Yeah. And, yeah, they're going to just, you know, drag his name through the mud with this fucking... I don't even know if it's actually a remake because the storyline isn't Day of the Dead at all. Um, it's apparently called Day of the Dead. Is it Bloodline? Tony? What? Is it Day of the Dead Bloodline? Yep. So it's called Day of the Dead Bloodline, and it's about a woman who is being chased or stalked or something by a half-human, half-zombie. That has absolutely nothing to do with Day of the Dead. And how did how does that even happen? How can you be half zombie? Yeah, I was about to say, isn't that a little bit of a contradiction? You're alive or you're dead. There's no in between. It's like you could be comatose, but that's not very scary. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's got the guy from the Oneaters in it. I'm unfamiliar with that. It's from uh, that thing you do. So yeah, it sounds just off. Oh, and the the tagline on the poster is "Love means never having to say you're zombie." Ugh, that's cringy. It's so bad. <laughs> it's like, that just sounds... That's very cringeworthy. Yeah, uh, sorry, I was doing stuff, but... That could have been the tagline for Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Bloodline? No, the uh, love means uh, never having to say you're zombie. That's a terrible tagline. <laughs> it's so bad. Yes. Everything about this sounds so bad. Yeah, you're talking about uh, being a half zombie, half half human. It's like zombies are human, and <laughs> the only thing that makes them not human is the fact that they're dead, but you know, living dead. So I don't I don't know where the midpoint to that is. It just sounds so dumb. <sighs> anyway, and I'm wondering uh, if this like they they called it a remake. But it, it sounds more like along the lines of like Day of the Dead Contagion. Don't call it a remake. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just them paying to use the name. If they even paid, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and the other Who day knows? you said, oh, poor George, he doesn't deserve this. It's like, uh, you remember Road of the Dead that he was working on, right? How yeah, they're, they're still making that. Yeah. I imagine they would. They already dumped money into it. They're going to, you know, make it in his honor. <laughs> and I never saw the fifth film that he made. The survival. I believe it was called. I believe it was called Diary of the Dead. Yeah, it was Diary first, and then then Survival. Okay, yeah, yeah I haven't seen the sixth one either. They're not very good. The, la- the most recent uh, dead film he made that I saw was Land of the Dead. Yeah, Survival <clears throat> and and uh, or Diary and Survival were both really bad. Diary was his found footage movie, and Survival was his western. Western sounds interesting. It wasn't. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for yeah, it. It sounds fun- interesting. Anyway, um, it's got potential for interest. So, uh, by the time this uh, airs or we upload it, whatever, uh, Taylor and Jeremy will both have had birthdays. So, happy birthdays, guys! Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, one day apart. Well, a day in a year. Yep. So, was that hard growing up? <laughs> Jeremy, did Taylor steal your thunder? Yeah, I don't think you mentioned your listeners that Taylor and I are cousins. Right. Yes. I, mean, I think we've said that on the show before, though. We might have. I'm not sure. Maybe we didn't refer to Jeremy in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Cousins. Kissing cousins. This goes on. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um... Oh, uh, the 48-hour film festival. Oh, yeah. We We won. Hey! We, we won the audience favorite award. Well, congratulations, guys. For, for our block, we get to move on to the finals, which are August 8th uh, at 7 o'clock p.m. at the SIF Uptown Theater. Tickets are available at, at SIF.net. Right. Like, make a new film for like the finals? No, same one. No, yeah, uh, same one. But, but they, uh, get to, uh, they get to redo the sound. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, extra congratulations to silas Dahl and the entire crew that participated single shred productions yeah but extra special thanks and congratulations to tony g and taylor bartle the stars they worked their asses off they sweated all day wearing leather jackets in a fucking car uh, they dealt with sunburns and, <laughs> and nitpicky people <laughs> <laughs> anyway nitpicky people. huh do you have nitpicky people <laughs> Anyway, okay, so that's enough of that bullshit, right? Right. Sure. All right, so let's uh, let's do a little horror business, huh? Get this party started. <laughs> you doing the like dad bean dance? The what? The dad bean dance. There was a commercial where the dad had two cans of beans and he did a he did a dance. That's what you were doing. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> All right, starting out in real world horror, uh, in what's this? Uh, Hollis, Maine, not Hollis, Queens. Chick- Mama's cooking chicken and collard greens. Not that. Not that. Thirty-one-year-old <laughs> uh, whore, uh, Corey Barry, was accused of. Did drunk- you call him a whore? I said Horry. <laughs> He's a Horry Corey. Horry Corey Barry, as they call him, um, was accused of drunkenly, you know. Follow this. He was accused, but he was caught doing it. So that's how that law system works. <laughs> um, he was accused of drunkenly 
drunkenly strolling down a road wearing a black hooded sweatshirt and a clown mask, and he had a fucking machete taped to his amputated arm. <laughs> I love the story. <laughs> <laughs> just this guy was an amputee and he had a machete. Duct taped uh, d- to duct his tape stump. To his, wow. Where was he that roaming around? It. it was he like around an elementary school or some shit? From the uh, the police footage, it looked like it was like just, just like a rural nowhere. road. Yeah, <laughs> just, like out in front of people's houses. Uh, yeah, they. Pro- I I would probably report that to the police too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was uh, arrested and charged with criminal threatening. <laughs> of course, he was. Um, he was first spotted in Hollis, but then he fled into the woods. So that okay, that must have been where they picked him up. Um, he's down in the woods doing it. Who cares? <laughs> you know, just, hurt nobody. Just chopping trees <laughs> yeah, with exactly. a machete. <laughs> it's like I got to get through all this brush with my amputated machete arm. <laughs> like just when I first saw this headline, I was like, "This just keeps getting better" because it's like drunk, one armed. Machete wielding clown. <laughs> uh, we, uh, let's see. So yeah, he fled in the woods, and then he was taken into custody when he came out uh, in uh, Waterboro. Um, he told cops that he was copying the previous clown sightings as a prank, even though like multiple. Gotcha. Police- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> multiple Sweet prank, bro. Multiple police agencies have said for months now. It's like. Don't do the clown thing. Yeah. Nobody thinks it's funny and you're going to get arrested. But, you know, possibly hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Shot like one. There was a clown that got shot in. I think I think Philly. Why does everything happen in Philly? Because people are hood as fuck. (laughs) Too much sunshine. (laughs) Too much sunshine. (laughs) Um, What makes Florida so nutty? All that flaca and bath salts. We haven't had a Flocka story in a while. I know. Maybe we should try and look for maybe one. we should try Flocka. God, did we beat the Flocka epidemic? Is it over? Maybe. I think it might be. Okay, I'll keep my eyes open for you guys. Okay. <laughs> the war on Flocka. <laughs> a grave plot special uh, episode. Investigation. <laughs> special investigation. <laughs> Investigative reports of the Grave Plot Podcast. Flocka in America. <laughs> And it's killing your kids. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah. So the uh, a witness, Lindsay Borton, uh, told the local TV station uh, whether he meant to do anything or not. It's pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, just I can yeah. imagine some drunk bastard wearing a fucking clown mask, <laughs> just swinging his arm around, swinging his mach- fucking machete, machete arm. <laughs> Like, I I think he's making threats, but I'm not sure. He might just be saying hello. He might be speaking in tongues and speaking to Jesus. (laughs) And then when they caught him, he was like, it wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody in the interrogation room just starts laughing. Oh, fun stuff. So the moral of the story is don't do the clown thing. Yeah, don't be a clown. <laughs> yeah, that trend is uh, well over with now. <laughs> We're on to Flocka now. <laughs> it's all about Flocka, man. All right. Done with that? Moving on. Flocka, 
So, in this day and age, the cool thing to do in the horror genre is to remake old movies. Yeah, because why bother coming up with something new? Right. And in one case, a movie is being remade. Keep in mind, remade for the third time. That means this is going to be the fourth iteration of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Uh, Originally, it was a book written in 1955 by Jack Finney. Made into a film in 1956, directed by Don Siegel. Remade in 1978 by Philip Coffin. Oh, I stand corrected. This is the fifth version. (laughs) The first remake came in 1978. Uh, Then it was remade in 1993 under the title Just Body Snatchers. Then it was remade again in 2007 with the name The Invasion. For anyone who is not privy... Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers revolves around a small town that is invaded by aliens who plant pods that eventually open to become humans, a copy of those who lived in the town. One by one, each citizen falls prey to those aliens as the pods are dropped alongside their beds, mature as they sleep, and then replicate the humans as they sleep. The alien humans, which show zero emotion, then start multiplying in the town. This is slowly figured out by a local doctor who tries to stop it. All the while, he never knows who is real and who is an alien. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Donald Sutherland's all like, <laughs> uh, I don't think I've seen any of the remakes. I think I've only seen the original. The, from 1956? Yeah. You never saw the one with Donald Sutherland? I don't think so. Oh, wow. That's the only one I've seen. I never saw the original. Hmm. Anybody else? No. I don't believe I've ever seen any of those. Really? Yeah. Okay. I have nothing of interest to say about this. Well, I know that the, the remake is, I, I is pretty popular. Yeah, I, I mean, I know the one with Donald Sutherland is popular. Would that um, be the one from the 70s? Yeah, 1978. Um, the the second two remakes, 1993 and 2007, were both just shat upon. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Like, <clears throat> they couldn't just, they couldn't make a good horror movie in the 90s, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, this is going to be written by David Leslie Johnson, who... Uh, <laughs> Leslie. what a jerk (laughs) Uh, he is best known for writing The Conjuring 2 and The Conjuring 3 and another remake of Nightmare on Elm Street that they haven't made yet Mm. oh yeah I heard about that so this is I hope it's better than the last one it couldn't be much worse yeah it was about as well no I think it could be worse not much but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say the... the it's, remake, it's totally possible that yeah. the next one could be worse than the last one. I'd say the remake was about as bad as it could be, but no, I think they could... I mean, Jack Errol Haley tried so hard. He did. But, you know, when you're just given a pile of shit and say, hey, make some art out of this, just like, <laughs> well, polish, I'll try. <laughs> you can only polish that turret so much. Yeah. Until you just get shit just all over yourself. Just... All in your hands, under your nails. Just dookie everywhere. <laughs> Just doo-doo. Uh, but yeah, the original has um, R.J. Fletcher from UHF. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's uh, the the uh, the doctor or whatever he is. Oh, uh, the actor's name is Kevin McCarthy. Thank you. Yes. Uh, that's fun. So this will probably be bad. Probably. I mean, it doesn't have sound like it has a lot going for it. It doesn't seem like anybody wants it. No. I mean, when you replicate something so many times, you know, the, the, the replicate becomes 
less and less good and like almost like a pod person. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> uh, trying to tie it in, right? Just bring it around. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, yeah, We're burning I mean, through these. It's uh, that's something that's happening. Yeah, I mean, deal with it. <laughs> I guess they thought like the last two were so bad. Maybe they thought they can fix it. I, I guess. Didn't didn't the invasion have Nicole Kidman? Uh, that's a good question. I th- I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was one of those movies. That, like when they, when it came out, no one knew it was uh, it was a body snatchers movie. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That sounds right. And then... Well, what do I know? And then people saw it and were like, wait, this is just Invasion of the Body Snatchers? I don't want to fucking see this again. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Different story? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, I haven't read this story, so I think I'm going to kind of figure out what's going on as I read. Oh, that's always... That never ends poorly at all. (laughs) Uh, So, apparently MTV... I I know Teen Wolf on MTV is in its final season. Um, Or is it... There is a TV series based on the movie Teen Wolf. Yeah, but it's very, very loosely based. It's really different. That's totally news to me. Like, the only similarities is that his name is Scott. Um, He is in high school. And And he's a Teen Wolf. Those are like the. Oh, and his best friend is named Styles. Is there like like some guy in the background showing his penis? Yes. Yeah, the, the the infamous basketball scene, of course. They should have just done that, just you know, as kind of like a throwback. It's like, it's like you gotta give tribute to the original movie. In the end credits, some guy is just like. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, it's in its final season, but MTV is rebooting it as a podcast, and then a new series. This is dumb. <laughs> it sounds dumb. <laughs> Like, how would they podcast it? That doesn't even make any sense. Well, let's find out together. <laughs> uh, the, these characters and these stories... Uh, sorry, this is MTV president Chris McCarthy. President of MTV, so you know he's a winner. Um, these characters and these stories have a hit a peak. I'll agree. Um, we are talking with, the, with Jeff about how we can actually keep this franchise alive. Just... Why? It's don't. I don't. I don't get why these networks keep just trying to do life support on these fucking shows that are just done. Do you remember the episode of Thirty Rock with um, they were trying to like save the show and they needed a new sponsor, so they got the guy from Pro Body Douche. <laughs> no, that's what I imagine the president of MTV being like. <laughs> um, okay, so where did I leave off? Uh, the beauty. Let's see. Yeah, keeping this franchise alive, and the beauty of the evolution of media is you can see the series going on through a series of podcasts. What's okay? See, I'm missing a step here. How is it getting to from TV show to podcast? Well, like you said, this is its final season. It's just going to end, and yeah. then they're apparently going to make a podcast. He said, "How do we keep this franchise alive in podcasts in the spirit of serial?" And then, how do we actually reboot an entire new class? What? 
What does cereal have to do anything to what what? Because cereal is popular. I, oh, okay, yeah, but what does it have to do with anything? Yeah, we all like cereal. I think we, that's established. But, you know. <laughs> women like cereal. I mean, everybody likes cereal. women. I think right? Jensen's talking about breakfast cereal. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get that right away, Tony. Went over my head. Shit. Tony's over there just like, yeah, women be loving cereal. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay. But seriously, though. Like, what does well, Teen Wolf have to do with cereal? It'll be an audio drama. Yeah, is it going to be like those old tiny, like, 50s? Oh, yeah, like those old radio broadcasts where they did, like, the stories it's like, on it's the, radio. the story of Teen Wolf. I mean, I guess. They have, like, the guy that does yeah. all the sound effects. What are those? All those old detective stories and Foley little, little Orphan Annie and War of the Worlds and all that. Right. Probably, uh, like, some guy doing, like, the, what are they called, Foley... Artist or something. I just said it. Foley artist. Yes. God damn it. Nobody ever listens to me. <laughs> no, I sure wasn't. I thought you were talking about like Michael Winslow. Oh. Well, he would, he would just be doing too. all the sound effects. <laughs> oh, that's the guy from Police Academy. They, yeah. they okay. should just get yeah. Michael Winslow to do all their sound effects. They should just have that guy do every sound effect in every movie ever. <laughs> How is Michael Winslow not a Foley artist? They'll be like, so what do you need us to get for you? Oh, nothing. I got this. <laughs> all I need is these two lips. <laughs> it's like, all right, dude. <laughs> Just get in the booth. Um, so, how do we keep this franchise alive in podcasts? In the spirit of cereal and... The, oh, you already read this. Just that first part. Okay. Uh, because the heart of MTV is around this time, these timeless issues of young people. <laughs> what? Young people and werewolves, apparently. Okay. That's um, the heart of MTV? I can't take MTV and issues seriously. <laughs> Well, MTV, uh, you know, MTV doesn't actually stand for music television anymore. They dropped that a yeah. long time ago. They don't play music videos. Yeah, who remembers when MTV used to show music videos? Right? I do. Of course, even if they did show music videos, it would all be shitty like Justin Bieber, like, all the time. You'd probably true. say the same. They were just like, oh, why does MTV? I wish MTV. No, no, it sucks. <laughs> I, I miss the old MTV from when I was a kid. I, I, liked, I liked when they made MTV 2, and it was going to be like, it's just going to be music videos. What? And now, and now it's, it's not. Like Jersey Shore, It's the Mom. exact same as MTV. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, oh, God, that pissed me off. Because I used to watch MTV 2 all the time. Um, and then, yeah, they started sneaking in reruns of Jersey Shore. It's like, what the fuck yeah. is this? Okay, um, so yeah, MTV is a heart of MTV is around these timeless issues of young people and coming of age. But the timely piece will be the new whole new cast, new set of issues and stories to explore th- through them. With Teen Wolf, we have such a beautiful gem, and when you have a creator like Jeff that is such an amazing partner and the fan base that is hungry for more, we're crazy not to. It's the same thing they did with Scream. I guess. How they just rebooted the series and be like, hey, you remember the last two seasons? No, you don't. <laughs> that never happened. There was a series based on Scream. Yep, it's in uh, season three. Okay, yeah, that's also news to me. It's on MTV. They're rebooting it with Queen Latifah. It sounds terrible. It is. And the, so bad. I, they, I didn't even like the Scream movies. They changed the ghost face you. mask to look like a blowjob mask. Yeah. It, what? It, look, it looks like, uh, I don't know. 
like some kind of gimp mask or something. Yeah, it's just got like a whole mouth. It looks like it. Yeah, it's looks like it's designed. Looks like it's sex toy, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. Wow. Like maybe it's got like a pocket pussy inside the mouth or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's like what it looks like, like something you would wear toy. for <laughs> anonymous sex. <laughs> I don't know. At least make it interesting. Like be like, oh, I'm gonna like, I'm the scream bad guy. I'm gonna go like suck your dick. <laughs> what? Well, he's got like the hole in the mouth thing. Like I don't know. We were talking about so the you, sex toys and everything. So your suggestion, Jensen's like blowjobs. <laughs> Let me if I if I get this straight, Jensen, your suggestion for the Scream TV show is to have Ghostface blowjob people to death. <laughs> yeah, it would be a lot more interesting than what they're doing now. Are you going to argue against that? <laughs> that that is that is a good point. <laughs> Like, I would actually watch that. <laughs> okay, so like I said, Teen Wolf is in its final season. I think I... S- my wife was watching Catfish the other day. I think I saw it. has like, My wife. My wife. I, I think it has like 10, s- 10 episodes left or so. So it's it's very close to being done. Um, the podcast is in its early stages, but it's said to possibly premiere shortly after the series finale. Um... I assume this is still Chris McCarthy saying we want to give it enough time to let the series finale marinate a year or so, and then we want to find the right story and the right cast to look to look to resurrect it. So I mean, it's Teen Wolf. You know, by that definite or by that title, you need to have a teenager that is a werewolf, and I feel like there's only so many different ways you can rehash yeah. that same story. You know, the movie. Went in a comedy route. The TV show went in a, in a definitely more dramatic route. But I mean, where do you where do you go from there? I mean, a female Teen Wolf. But there are already female wolves on there, but not the central character. Ugh. That's what they're gonna do. I, I, ten to one. Oh, I'm I'm sure. You guys ever seen the sequel with Jason Bateman? Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I own it, I think. Really? I think I bought, like, the two-pack. Like, I've, I've actually never seen it. I just remember seeing it at the video store when I was a kid. It's not very good. Yeah. I mean, the first one's definitely better. Yeah, that's pretty much what I assumed. I mean, and the first one had uh, Michael J. Fox, of course, and the second one obviously doesn't. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much the same story. Uh, Jason Bateman, he's uh, Michael J. Fox's character's cousin. Oh, so he's, so he's not the same character. No. Okay. Um, and he's going to college and I think he, what was it? I think he either knows that people in his family are werewolves, but he's not one. And, but then he shortly discovers that he is one. Yeah. He obviously becomes one. Otherwise yeah. he wouldn't have a movie. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise then it's just guy teen. in college. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, just teen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> teen man. And then it's, teen instead man. of, instead of basketball, he's a boxer. Um, and instead of... And in the series, he plays lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. In the TV show, he doesn't play basketball. He plays lacrosse. Is that, is that movie worth uh, watching like once just for like one view, you think? Teen Wolf 2? Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's not, it's not awful. It's just... I mean, the, the first one is world's better. Classic. Yeah, yeah. It's a very classic film. Yeah. But, uh, the guy that plays his dad in the first one, he makes, what, like a couple appearances in the sequel. Okay. So the TV, the TV series, it sounds like you guys aren't too fond of. See, I when they first announced it, we talked about it on the show, and we just railed at how stupid it sounded. 
then I actually watched it, and the first couple seasons weren't too bad. I mean, typical MTV teen drama bullshit. Yeah. But all in all, it wasn't a bad show. I mean, I like werewolves, and it wasn't like the typical, um, you know, girly shit that Twilight turned it into. It was just werewolves, you know? Right, right. The um, kind, of, the kind of like that. That's kind of what I assumed it would be. Yeah, was the kind of werewolf, uh, the, like the whole Twilight angle. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and that's kind of what I assumed too. But it, it, it wasn't. I mean, they're obviously these beautiful kids. That all seem to go to the same school together. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, and you know, there's that, but that's just MTV for you, right? Um, but the first, like I said, the first couple seasons of the show weren't too bad, but after that, it just kind of got. It's not like the show got awful; it just got boring. Like I just didn't want to watch it anymore. It seemed like they were doing the same stories over and over. Like this, each season seemed like it was just kind of a, a tweak of the season before it. So. So of course, the, the what better method than to reboot it, right? Yeah, <laughs> through podcasts. Through podcasts, based on the success of the Grave Plot podcast, they're like, we need to get on on right. that market. <laughs> podcasts are the wave of the future, people. Get in now. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, it looks like we're a, a year from now is when they're targeting it. I guess, yeah. Let's see if anybody cares then. I don't care now. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the team, this Teen Wolf audience that is so, apparently so hungry for more. Let's see if they care in a year. So hungry. <laughs> hungry for cereal. So I think it was two episodes ago, we talked about how Ivan Reitman wants to combine the Ghostbusters universes, um, because that ah! because that was the problem with the remake. Um, <laughs> was that it was a reboot rather than taking place in the, si- in the same timeline? Yeah. I haven't seen the remake. I wouldn't bother. That's what I hear. But yeah, he... He claims that everyone's problem with it was that the original Ghostbusters weren't in it. It's like, that's part of the problem. I mean, technically they were. They weren't playing their characters, but they were The actors were, yeah. I don't want to see the remake. Does that make me a misogynist? No. Yes, it does. If you (laughs) ask people that... Well, why don't you want to see it? (laughs) Yeah, if you ask the social justice warriors... Okay, then no. (laughs) If you said, I don't want to see it because women can't be Ghostbusters, then yeah, you're a misogynist. Yeah. (laughs) It just seems like uh, everyone that attacked that film when it uh, came out, they got they kind of got that label put on oh, it yeah. by oh, a, yeah, a lot of shamer type I, I, people. I heard that too. I, the way I kind of feel about it is, I think that it looked like a terrible movie. I didn't bother watching it, but I've seen a lot of terrible remakes advertised. I don't know why people were flipping out over that one so much. You know, I am going to have to watch it at some point. I, I am curious enough. Well, it's like I th- we've talked about this in the show before. I think the the remake. Ghostbusters, the reason it was so targeted and why that remake out of all remakes was such a big deal and why it being bad was such a big deal um, was because it was women. And I think it was just the media looking for a story. And, um, you know, I I hate using the term social justice warriors because that's something that like a lot of right wing assholes use. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But no, no, well, a lot of people deserve that term. Exactly, and that's exactly what these people are. There are people that are looking for a problem, looking for something to bitch about. Yeah, that makes and complete sense. I kind of feel like the same way about the people that were like angsty against that movie. The same thing about the whole Doctor Who uh, thing that just got in the news recently. Uh, see, don't uh, no. Yeah, no, no, don't okay. start on Doctor Who with Tony here. Oh, okay. I was not happy with that. Uh, I won't get into it. My reasoning is not the same as most people who were unhappy about it. Mm-hmm. But to save myself any possible online problems, I'll just keep it to myself. <laughs> All right. Well, bringing it back around to Ghostbusters, <laughs> uh, Ivan Reitman is doubling down on his bad ideas. At San Diego Comic-Con, he says that they have wonderful plans, including an animated feature that they're deep in design on. So deep. So deep. <laughs> um, he says it's, it's going to surprise everybody, whatever that means. Uh, he says, we're looking at the film from a ghost point of view and the Ghostbusters from a ghost point of view. I think that would be something very interesting for you. Oh, I'm picturing this is like the... The Always Sunny episode where they're falling from Frank's point of view. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm picturing. Just all like first person? Yeah. From the perspective of a ghost. Right. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't uh, sound very good. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it needs to be more like real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, and of course, a new live action film. It was clear a lot of people weren't happy the original Ghostbusters world wasn't included in the new one. Uh, I love seeing Kate McKinnon's character interact with Spengler in the Ghosters 101 comic books. It's very rich and has given me lots of ideas for a new film. <laughs> now notice he said, I love seeing Kate McKinnon's character interact with Spengler. That's something you can't really accomplish in a live action film, Mr. Reitman. Mm. Or can you? If you have zero <laughs> respect for the dead. Reitman says, hold my beer. <laughs> it's possible that's his quote. It's possible that they might CGI Egon Spangler into the next movie. It's similar to like how they hologram concerts. <laughs> yeah. I assume it would be like with in uh, Terminator where they put Arnold's face on somebody else's body. Yeah. So they're going to put Harold Ramis's face on somebody else's body. Jeez. But his daughter? His daughter's apparently cool with it. Yeah. She's probably cool with the paycheck that his estate is going to get. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah. Hey, check this out, guys. I remember reading uh, right before that uh, came out. I read an article on the internet, and I don't know how much bullshit this was, but uh, had the film been successful, apparently they were planning, the studio was planning on having uh, two separate Ghostbusters franchises running at the same time. That was discussed. Yeah, they were that. eventually going to make a sequel to the remake that they did make. But they were also going to make another one uh, that featured a male cast, and uh, I believe it was uh, Channing Tatum was rumored to star. Yeah, and Chris Pratt. Yeah. Yeah, that came out during the Sony hack stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, I would have been down with that. Um, I mean, like this is something we've talked about many, many times, but and the, this is actually something Wright, uh, Reitman brought up in his last comments, but they should like franchise the Ghostbusters instead of you know, re- rebooting in this, you know, it's, it's it's New York again. Have Ghostbusters LA, Ghostbusters Hawaii, Ghostbusters Singapore, Ghostbusters Miami. Yeah! And why not? Yeah. Have, have it in the same timeline and uh, 
Ghostbusters has gotten so big that they need to open up uh, offices nationwide. Right. Yeah, and then exactly. you, you can have, you know, Ernie Hudson and Bill Murray, if he would do it, Dan Aykroyd, and they can be, you know, yeah, Ghostbusters they're, they're HQ. Like this, yeah, they're like they're the corporate. CEO of the Ghostbusters yeah. corporations, and they come around to the different branches. And exactly. Check in on the guys. Yeah. They're, they're corporate. They can have a remake where they, like, discuss stock prices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, and a labor dispute. Yeah, they're going to have All a labor fun things. They discuss monthly quarters with their stockholders. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be something? Uh, the wall excitement. If they're going to CGI Egon into the movie, he needs to be a ghost. Yeah. But that kind of feels tasteless. Well, I mean... I, I kind of feel like that'd be a good tribute, honestly. Yeah. Well, there was this... Uh, f- I mean, we've talked about this before, but th- there was a fan written script that actually was uh, originally was revealed as a, um, a scrapped idea for for a new Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters 3 essentially turned out it was just fan fiction but basically it um, the script culminated at the end where like the big bad they had to go fight against it and um, it ended up killing all four of them and then the new generation of Ghostbusters... It was kind of a passing of the torch yeah, story. They, they, the new generation of Ghostbusters, at the end, they come into the firehouse and they see all four, four of the guys sitting there playing cards at the table as ghosts. So, that would have been cool. That fan script was so good. Yeah. Okay. Like, that was I, so I much better. I read about that. Uh, I didn't know the, the story behind it in that much detail, but I had heard about the... Uh, kind of the script that was supposed to be kind of a passing of the torch. Yeah, yeah. Oscar was going to be one yeah. of the new Ghostbusters. Oh, oh, see, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. The article I read about that was not as in-depth, in obviously. As yeah, that, uh, it was going to be Oscar Venkman, and then uh, I think there was supposed to be others. Obviously, he wouldn't be doing it by himself. Right. Anyway, so... Anyway, we're getting this nonsense instead. Yeah, it's just really unfortunate that Ghostbusters just keeps getting shit on. <laughs> by the people who made it yeah that's what makes it even worse just yeah, being a kid on. from the 80s it's yeah it's pretty hard to sit back and watch this kind of stuff happening yeah i don't know as an asshole and my asshole tendencies come into play i think it's hilarious that they're doing it <laughs> <laughs> fuck you jensen <laughs> cut, cut his mic <laughs> so uh, yeah um expect one of these is, is going to be coming out in 2019 because it's the 35th anniversary of ghostbusters and they're going to try and cash in on that Uh, figures all right only four stories for horror business this episode and here's the final one was that there was a bug Uh, yeah sure was Okay, yeah. I'm I'm high on Flocka. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, um, okay. What? Okay. okay. We got some fentanyl if you want some. <laughs> some fennel? fentanyl. Fentanyl. Some jinkum. Uh, let's see. So they're remaking. Wait, are all our stories about remakes? Well, it's I all can't. horror movies are so. nowadays. Here we go again. Here we go on a remake rant. Way to go, Taylor. Hey, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Make shit up? Fake news. <laughs> it's okay for the government. Why not us? Um, 
So, okay. 1963, Mr. Francis Ford Coppola produced a film directed by Roger Corman. Of the Corman. California Coppolas. Right. Uh, produced a film directed by, or sorry, uh, directed a film d- produced by Roger Corman. That's weird. You'd think it would be the other way around. I believe it was Francis Ford Coppola's first movie. Well, that would make sense. Um, but Dementia 13 is being remade. Hey, cool. I've never heard of it. I'm, I, I never knew that uh, Coppola and Corman ever collaborated. Yeah, this is, I mean, I, I, I've, I've heard of it. I've never actually seen it, though, so I'm not sure. Apparently, they had just finished some other movie, and Corman was like, hey, you should make like a psycho kind of movie. And Coppola was like, okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's being remade, remade by Chiller Films, which. So, you know, the big guns. Yeah. The studio behind Fender Bender. (laughs) Um, It's being directed by Richard LeMay, who is world famous for The Dark Right and Naked As We Come. You guys know those ones, right? I'm pretty sure I've seen Naked As We Come, but (laughs) (laughs) downloaded it off the internet, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I I think actually that was Naked And We Come. Hey. Uh, it's being written by Dan DeFlippo, Flippo, DeFlippo, of the California DeFlippos, DeFilipino. That's that's what I thought it was at first. It's DeFilippo. There we go. Filipino. I like DeFlippo. We'll just call it. Let's stick with DeFlippo. DeFlippo, known as Flippy, to his friends. Um. Uh, who Flippo as he likes to be called. Grimy, as he <laughs> like to be called. Um, he's known for the Invaders, Chilling Visions Five. When Wait, you say uh, the Invaders, are you are you talking about the film you were talking about earlier? This? No, that was the Invasion. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, I don't know what the Invaders is. Probably not a good movie. I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> uh, ch- oh, sorry, it's Chilling Visions Five States of Fear. Chilling Visions colon colon. Uh, the cast includes Julia Campanelli from Walking Away, <laughs> Anna Isabel from The Eye. Oh wait, The Eye was that the one with the uh, uh, Jessica Alba? If, I mean, if it's the that same was the movie, one yeah. with King Diamond. <laughs> uh, Lost Cat is it Lost Cat and Corona or Lost Cat Corona? Lost Cat Corona, I think. Okay, this is not going well. Well, you don't know these movies? <laughs> no. you, you've never seen Lost Cat Corona? Uh, Where have you been, man? <laughs> in a cave? <laughs> or Marianne Nochezzi. I think it's No Cheese. No Cheese. <laughs> Cheesy, as she's known. From, from the classic horror time. Right. Which I'm sure is not a B-movie at all. Channing Pickett. Often confused with Channing Tatum from Magic Mike. Probably not. <laughs> no, this is Channing Pickett from Redheads Anonymous. Another movie I think I saw on the internet. <laughs> and Christian Ryan from Celebrity Ghost Stories. Wait, how can you be on Celebrity Ghost Stories if no one knows who the fuck you are? <laughs> <laughs> They're oh. In the original Dementia 13, Luana Anders murders her husband and ventures... Anders? And the, and the sandstorm. <laughs> uh, Lana Anders mu- murders her mooters. 
um, <laughs> and ventures to Ireland. <laughs> That's a turn. That's okay. Um, ventures to Ireland to his family estate, where she is menaced by his disturbed family and then beheaded by a roaming axe murderer. <laughs> well then, <laughs> um, why would you go to your go to the estate of? the family of the person that you just murdered i assume i would stay away from them <laughs> maybe it was the same logic that took the guy from dead silence to his hometown to bury his wife who wasn't from there <laughs> last house on the left i think it'd be another example of it, it ending up in that kind of situation oh oh yeah um let's see in this remake a vengeful ghost okay, oh, okay. There's got to be a ghost. A mysterious killer and a family brimming with secrets converge in one night of terror. That sounds like they don't know what they're going to do with that. <laughs> it sounds almost similar. I guess. I mean, you've got the uh, mysterious family. Well, it's a mysterious killer. Oh, right. It's a family, oh, it's the family brimming, brimming with secrets. secrets. Oh, I'm brimming. <laughs> yeah. Can and then be, they, they had to add... Can that be the new name for edging? Brimming? Brimming. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Speaking into existence. <laughs> okay, guys. Just so you know, the new word for edging is brimming. <laughs> brimming. Spread the word. <laughs> On menus nationwide. <laughs> so, yeah, then they had to add this vengeful ghost, which I assume is going to be the husband, right? Like, yes. It would have to be. Otherwise, it wouldn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, I mean, who else would be vengeful? Right. Unless it's just some guy. <laughs> some dude. Oh, I'm here to haunt you. Okay, but who are you? Shut up! <laughs> okay. That's that's enough. That was dumb. <laughs> I don't care about that at all. <laughs> and that's it for horror business. Hey. We made it, guys. We're halfway there. <coughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Living on a prayer. <laughs> um Anyway, okay, so that's going to take us into our next section where we would typically do reviews, but this time we're going to be talking about music. Okay, so music particularly bands and artists that um, have some kind of horror element to their stuff. Right. We're not talking <laughs> horror scores today. We're not talking music from horror movies. Yeah. Although some of it might be. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of good composers out there. It's like, uh, I love movie compositions like that. Yeah. Yeah. But today we're talking about horror-inspired bands. Yeah. Um, so, God, how far back can we go, guys? Um I would say like Black Sabbath, of course. Okay, kind of have like a horror, like they kind of shocked the world with their horror vibe. Yeah, and like you know, something is that, that old, you know, that day and age where that that kind of stuff, you know, like satanic elements and, and stuff like that wasn't really done, and so yeah, naturally a band like that gets. So you guys would define that as horror. I mean, I, I guess we talk about that would. What, what do you guys think? I mean, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, when when you ask me about horror and music, 
Uh, the first uh, my band that comes to mind casually would be like the Misfits, of course, sure. because they actually uh, sang about horror films mm-hmm. uh, as well as horror stories. Um, King Diamond, I think, is probably the best horror storyteller in music. But uh, you know, then I ask myself, what about a band like Cannibal Corpse? Can they be considered horror? They don't necessarily. Uh, sing the horror narrative like uh, the Misfits or King Diamond would do. Uh, more so, they sing about doing horrible things like uh, digging up uh, decomposed corpses and having sex with them, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, you know, I think that could very well fall into it. I mean, just because a band doesn't present themselves as having like a horror image doesn't mean they can't, you know, make music about horror yeah right I mean, so 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 we, we kind of are using the more loose interpretation yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah, sounds like to me there's such a wide thing about it you know of course you got like uh people singing about like you know old horror movies like the misfits or iced earth put out that album horror show which is like all about the old school like frankenstein and yeah. dracula and swamp creature movies mm-hmm. which that's a fantastic album it is if you haven't heard it you should yeah it's it, uh What's it called again? Horror Show. Right, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the album, and uh, yeah, it is good. I particularly, is one about Dracula. Is it just, just called Dracula? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. One, that song's called Dracula. I think it's one of the better songs on that album. Yeah. About the Bam Stroker. Or I wrong. said that wrong. <laughs> you said Stroker instead of Stoker. <laughs> he said Bam Stroker. <laughs> Bam Stroker. Sounds like a good porno actor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I mean, like, you know, we didn't plan this out very well, guys, because it's it's we me. really are it's, kind I, of winging it's it new here. to us. Yeah, it's it's me and Taylor, so you know we don't <laughs> we're we're very disorganized. We've spent ninety episodes doing one thing. Yeah, if we try to do something else, everything just goes out of whack. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> but we wrote a list of just bands that came to mind, um, broke them down by genre, um, so. Jeremy, you mentioned Misfits. I mean, that's that's the most obvious one because, like, like Jeremy said, they sing about horror movies. Yeah, right. you know, D- Danzig did it with uh, Night of the Living Dead, Return of the Fly, and then that was something they got a little carried away with uh, during the era with their other singer, Michael Graves. Graves. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Famous Monsters. That that that, that that whole album is just every song is about a different horror movie. Yeah, yeah. and exactly. I love that album. Me too. It's good. Good album. Uh, you know, speaking uh, as a big Danzig fan, most big Danzig fans uh, hate the shit that they did with that guy. Yeah. Personally, I found it enjoyable. I'm I, not, I really I'm not like afraid it. to say like, that. I'm not so, like, up my own ass where it's like, oh, Dan- Misfits got me with Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. People I, are- all, all the people that are in, like, the Danzig internets on uh, the Danzig groups, rather, uh, on social media that I converse with, they all hate that shit. Yeah, yeah well, know. screw those. I honestly don't understand why Michael Graves. He's a great for, singer. for what it's worth. Well, I, I'm not going to say that, but oh. uh, I, I like that music for what it's worth. I like uh, those two albums for what they're worth. I don't like the Jerry Only stuff. Yeah, I don't know what he thought. The he was only doing uh, the only album I heard with Jerry Only as the singer was the one where they uh, did cover versions of oldie songs. Right. Yeah. There was Black Rain, which was. It's bad. I, I haven't heard any of those. So, a little back history on um, the Misfits, in case anybody's not familiar. It was started in 1977 in New Jersey by Glenn Danzig. Uh, he recruited uh, Jerry Only, and Jerry Only went on to recruit uh, Doyle. 
Eventually. Yeah. Um, Doyle was uh, Jerry's younger brother, and he uh, was he his brother? I thought he was his cousin. No, it's his brother. Okay. Uh, he didn't he didn't play uh, on the Misfits' earliest uh, LPs. Right. Right. He didn't come along till later in yeah. the band's history. So they got uh, the, a lot of their influence from the 1950s uh, rock and roll style, um, where it was it had almost kind of a country uh, influence. I mean, as far as 1950s rock and roll. Um, I, I can see how you might say the Misfits were a little borderline rockabilly and yeah. kind of a loose kind well, of way. The thing is, is like a lot of punk rock from that era was like even non-horror, like, you know, every non-horror punk rock band, like the Ramones, like they're not remotely horror, but they kind of took the same page out of it like, yeah. as far as... Like, I think that's just kind of a continuation of that, but just going into more of the horror theme to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, yeah, so yeah, 50s rock and roll, rockabilly, and also some very slight, like early kind of metal type sounds, especially like their stuff in like the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, it inspired a lot of, uh, with, with the Earth AD album that I believe was released in 1983, uh, they, they really changed their sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they went really a lot heavier, right. as opposed to, uh, the stuff from the Static Age sessions, which was uh, released over the years as a series of EPs, and uh, was eventually released as a full album, uh, like twenty years after the fact. Right. Um, so thematically, they used a lot of horror and sci-fi films as a basis for a lot of their songs, uh, like you said, "Return of the Fly," "Night of the Living Dead." Um, God, what are some others? Uh, totally blinking on them right now. <laughs> uh, anybody? Uh. All that comes to mind is King Kong with Kong at the Gates, but that's not even really a song. Yeah. yeah. Well, that well, yeah. Well, that 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 would be Michael Graves. Right. Era. I was trying yeah. to think Danzig era Dur- during oh. during the Graves era. Like- you got uh, Pumpkinhead, uh, American Psycho. Not a film yet at the time the song was released. Still right. Just a novel, uh, of course, which the movie was based on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and so just I mean, their look alone was obviously very horror inspired. You know, right. they all had like right. skull. I mean, their their whole thing, their whole their well, imagery, the, their their yeah, the crimson skull thing is pretty infamous, you know. Yeah, yeah, which uh, which is funny because the Crimson Ghost was an old uh, film from the forties, and actually wasn't even a horror. Mm. It was it was more like a crime uh, crime film. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, for the I mean, obviously, the Crimson Ghost itself looks very horror. Uh, really. That skull logo was uh, the Crimson Ghost uh, was was used in a lot of comic books and stuff in the 1950s, to my understanding. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was originally a film, um, and then yeah, it used a lot of comics. Um, it had a radio uh, radio drama, um, I think, and um, yeah, they, I think they made a, t- a TV show out of it too. I think, um, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny that. The Crimson Ghosts wasn't even horror itself, but it, it kind of translated into kind of a horror image just because of the skull uh, look. But the, the Misfits themselves obviously have, you know, skull themed face paint. And, you well, you know, know, the Misfits actually also uh, sang songs about films that were not horror films. Uh, I think the best example would be We Are 138. Uh, that song was about a film called THX One One Three Eight, which was actually George Lucas's directorial debut. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, that was more of a of a 
sci-fi, so yeah, they yeah. did have some sci-fi elements to them. Well, sci-fi and horror, it's kind of like a blurry line right there. Yeah, to, to an extent. I mean, especially when you get into... Well, like, maybe if you talk about the movie Alien. Yeah. But, I mean, there are definitely, like, um, you know... God, I can't believe this is the only thing that's coming immediately to mind, but something like Plan 9. Uh, I mean... Have you seen the original of that? Yeah. It, it, it's terrible. It is. It's very poorly constructed. You know, it's, it's funny, because I always thought the, the, the plot had merit. I, I always thought that could make a good movie. Didn't they remake that recently? Yeah, yeah as a comedy. As a comedy? Yeah. Was it? A, I didn't know it was a comedy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. The mer- um, well, yeah. The story was about, if I'm not mistaken, uh, aliens. Their plan to try to conquer the people of Earth was to uh, resurrect the dead, turn them into zombies. Yeah, and I thought that was that could have been really good. Yeah, but, but it, it sounds like instead with the remake, they chose to make it a comedy because of the film's reputation. Yeah, yeah. Rather than actually trying to make a good film using that story. Yeah, it's just like um, you know the old cop dramas and stuff that they are not necessarily dramas but the cop shows from like the 70s like starsky and hutch they made that into a comedy movie just yeah, because you, the you know th- this is actually something i've thought a lot about and uh you know the the movie dragnet which came out in the 1980s with dan Aykroyd and tom hanks great movie. Uh, I, I i love that movie i yeah. i absolutely love that movie but i felt like that movie kind of set a bad precedent in hollywood for uh, let's remake all these old serious television shows and turn them into slapstick comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, did you ever see the the TV show, the remake TV show that they made in the mid nineties with Ed O'Neill and Ethan Embry? No, that was actually pretty good. Oh, 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 oh no! Wait, the Dragnet with Ed O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. As Joe Friday. Yes, yeah. actually, I did see that. that yes, was, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. Okay. It ran for a few seasons. Uh, obviously, didn't get. Did, did it? I, I only remember it running for one. Maybe you're right. I don't. Uh, I guess. But yes, sure, I, but. yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, yes, I did see that. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It it was definitely more true to the original show. Yeah. Uh, less less cornball. Just but that was just the the, the nature of. 60s TV shows. Right, right. And, 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 you know, I, I love what they did with Dragnet in the 80s. Uh, I mean, that show was so ripe for being lampooned with uh, <laughs> the way, just the way that uh, Joe Friday's character behaved all the time. Yeah. But I kind of felt like it set a precedent in Hollywood, which yeah. kind of killed a lot of franchises. Yeah, so um, I guess... So then, you know, Danzig obviously left the band. Um <clears throat> thinking he was disbanding them but that obviously didn't happen um it it, it didn't happen until the 90s uh the late 90s actually uh after the misfits broke up glenn danzig maintained the copyright to the name for many years Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until uh sometime in the late 90s around 1996 or 97 maybe that uh jerry only and his brother were finally able uh to basically take it from him in a court of law, right? It's a lawsuit. Yeah, that's a shame. It had to get that that messy, but yeah, whatever. Um, but Danzig himself split off and obviously had a lot of not necessarily horror, but like a lot of darker music. Yeah. Well, um, I, well, immediately after Misfits, uh, before uh, he did Samhain, which I would call pretty horrific. You know, they used to uh, uh, they, they maintained the devil lock haircuts that the Misfits had and. Uh, they added the element of uh, dumping buckets of blood on themselves on stage. Oh, neat. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I've never been really familiar with Sam Ain, so I don't really know. Yeah, their that, deal. That, that was kind of the, the transition band between uh, Misfits and Danzig. Got it. Okay. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, Danzig. Uh, it almost seemed like his his you know solo stuff was definitely darker, uh, less. Um, I mean, kid friendly is not the word. Well, you, well, you know, the Misfits. Uh, I mean, yeah. Horror, great, great example of horror and music, but they, they were very cartoonish in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, 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 they represented all the things that were campy and fun about Halloween in a way. Yeah. Whereas you can look at uh, uh, Danzig more as like more singing about like uh, satanic themes and that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess that could be a good thing. Actually, we'll, we'll get into that later when we start talking more about metal. Um, so, see, another band that uh, Taylor and I are really fond of, I, you guys have probably never even heard, have probably either never heard of them or don't care for their music, but uh, the Alkaline Trio, um, which is uh, kind of, you know, punk. They've been called emo. Um, they, they are very I, popular. Their lyrics can be kind of emo with, you know, like radio and... Yeah. But... That their music is not emo music. Really, it's really not. It's, it's definitely more pop. Uh, I mean, it's more punk, maybe sort of pop punk ish. Um, but I mean, they're very well known in the Chicago hardcore scene. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah. Um, they were formed in 1996 uh, by Matt Skiba, Rob Doran, and Dylan Porter in uh, a suburb of Illinois, or sorry, a suburb of Chicago. Excellent. <laughs> um again like like misfits they use a lot of skull imagery uh for their logo like their logo is the heart and the heart and skull um which is a heart with an arrow on it for some e- reason looks more emo than like horror though <laughs> yeah i mean but the thing about them is they have a lot of um uh dark themes to their music mm-hmm. and you know maybe Maybe not necessarily horror, but they do like have songs about um, like death and suicide, um, uh, vampires, and um, serial killers. Uh, they actually made a song about H.H. Um, H. Holmes, which of course was like America's first serial killer uh, from their hometown, Chicago. Um, was that the guy that had like that big labyrinth house? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They actually both. Not the last season of American Horror Story, but the one before it. They based a lot of that theme around him. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, and they made a song about um, Sadie Mae Lutz. Lutz, sorry. Yeah. Um, of the Manson family, basically, a song about how she would refuse to. Well, she, she basically would refuse to turn on. Charles Manson, how she admired him like he was some a god, kind of, a, a god, you know, some kind of deity almost. Um, and then a, a song about uh, the the Donner Party, you know, the people that got lost in the Rocky Mountains and ended up eating themselves or Don- e- eating each other. Donner Party all night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of not necessarily horror. I mean, not directly like about horror movies or you know monsters or those things like that, but a lot of dark horrific themes um and i mean 
I know you guys don't listen to them, but Taylor, what's... I, what? I've never heard them, so I have no opinion. Okay, yeah. I, I haven't heard a lot of them <clears throat> make any, you know, statement about it, so... Right. Yeah, like, they're, you know, when we first started talking about doing this episode, they were one of the first bands that came to mind. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, I don't know if they belong on this list. Yeah, I wasn't really sure either. It's like you said, yeah, they do have themes about, you know, serial killers and stuff like that. But it's it's not really, it's most of it is very, um, like, real world based. It's based on specific serial killers who were real people mm-hmm. and not, you know, like a Jason Voorhees or a Freddy right. Krueger. Um, yeah, they do have songs about vampires. So that's probably the, the, the tenuous thread, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not sure I would, I would consider them horror. Yeah. See, and like, I wasn't really sure because, you know, I think the, f- the, the inclination is to think, okay, bands that are about horror are singing, a, you're, you're making music about monsters, you know, either in a broad term or like specific characters or, you know, they have like a, a horror theme to them in one way or another. But, I mean, these are horrific things that they're singing about. Yeah. So, I think maybe, maybe if it, even if it's, a, if it's a, a tenuous, loose attachment, I think they, I think they belong on this They're list. on the fringe, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Taylor and I are big fans of them. Uh, we actually attempted <laughs> to start a cover band of them once. That's right. Or a tribute tribute band, Mr. Chainsaw. Right, that didn't go very far. We never found a drummer. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> that'll happen. That will happen. Goddamn drummers. Drummers are the worst. <laughs> um. Yeah. So let's see. So any any other punk bands come to mind, guys? I can't think of anything in particular. It's usually like the Misfits that immediately come into mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if you're talking about punk, I mean, um, yeah, beyond the Misfits, I can't really think of anything. Yeah, would you consider Schoolyard Heroes punk? I think they're more like hardcore punk. I mean, not not like hardcore music, but like hardcore punk. Yeah, um, I'm familiar with them. They're they're they were a local they were, band. Yeah, uh, from Puyallup, no, uh, Tacoma, I think. Yeah, okay. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I've heard the name a bunch of times. I never really listened to their music. The only time I ever saw them was at Club Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that place. Yeah. At the, in ch- the, the church there near uh, 56 in South Tacoma Way. Yeah, the, yeah. the basement of a church. Yeah. And you have all these fucking punk bands playing there. Yeah. The, that, that was where I met Nate. Oh, really? Was yeah. it? Yeah. Who eventually became our drummer. Right. Goddamn drummers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they had a lot of horror themes. Um, you know, they they have songs about they live, um, Dawn of the Dead. They have a song called "Bury the Tooth of the Hydra and a Skeleton Army Will Arise." <laughs> that's that's very uh, explanatory of the song. Yeah, <laughs> and then they had one about Contra, which is not horror, but <laughs> sweet. Pretty much all the lyrics are up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, VA, select, start. <laughs> Secret Contra code for extra life. Wasn't that the code for like a lot of old Nintendo I games? So, yeah. <laughs> That's the 40 lives code for yeah, Contra. For, co- for Contra, Contra on NES, it's the 40 lives code. What, what, Jensen? I can only think of Contra where that's like relevant. Okay, uh, yeah, I, God, I haven't played uh, a lot of NES A lot of Konami games uh, ah, had something like that. 
Yeah, I remember. No, sorry, I was thinking Mortal Kombat, but that was that was a claim. That was Konami. Uh, okay, so all right, well, we can move on, and I think probably the next logical. Actually, I, I do have one other punk band. Okay, actually, I have two other punk bands. Um, not very well known, but I, I've come across them recently. Um, one is Horror Section. Right, I believe they're out of Minneapolis. Um, I mean, just the name Horror Section. Obviously, you know, invokes going to Blockbuster and going I, to the. VHS. I think we've used a couple of their songs as bumpers. We might have. Yeah, they uh, actually they have concept albums. They, mm-hmm. Their their first album is called The Prowler. It's obviously a concept album about the movie The Prowler. No, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had one called. Um, uh, Season of the Witch, which was a concept album all about Halloween 3. And it actually, they came out with three different covers of the, the, the three different masks. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that movie. And then they had a concept album all about the Twilight Zone. Nice. And then the other one is uh, the B-Movie Monsters. Not sure where they're based out of. I've only heard one album called 1313. They, I know we have used uh, at least their song Plan 9 before. Sorry, you know what? That's who I was thinking of. Not okay. Section. So yeah, they, you know, obviously Plan 9 from Outer Space. Um, they have songs about American Werewolf in London. Um, I know uh, there's others. But yeah, thir- uh, 1313 is the name of the album. It, it's it's all just, each song is, you, you can figure out pretty quickly what song or what movie it's related to. 1313? Yeah. There, there's an actual song for that? No, that's the name of the album. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, all right. So yeah, let's let's move on to I think probably the the closest sub or so closest genre to punk. Um, maybe in the next logical transition is like rockabilly and psychobilly. Are, yeah. Are you guys very yeah. well versed in any of that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I listened to uh, the the Reverend Horton Heat. Okay. Cramps. Uh, yeah, the Cramps definitely. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so let's let's talk about the cramps. I have to admit I, I don't listen to to much of them, so um, I mean if you just look at their logo, their logo is clearly very horror inspired. Right. For sure. Um I from what I understand that they started and did a lot of like horror and sci fi kind of stuff, and they kinda of moved away from it in later years and became more like sexual. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. their lyrical stuff to me doesn't really come across as horror at all. Yeah, I, th- I think the earlier stuff is, is more of that. Um, but, I mean, just their, the feel of their music is very, like, creepy. Um, I think their cover of Fever was used in a couple horror movies. Yeah, and Sur- Surf and Dead was used oh, in Return of the Living Dead. Dead. Um, I think that was actually written for the movie. Oh, really? I think so. That doesn't make any sense. No, nobody surfs in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, but as far as like uh, rockabilly or psychobilly goes, I mean, there are bands like uh, the Necromantics. I was going to say, you got to bring up the Necromantics. Who, God, they've been around, what, since the 80s? Maybe? Probably. They're old as fuck. You never heard the Necromantics? No. They're uh, Danish. Um, so the, the lead singer plays a stand-up bass shaped like a coffin. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Um, and they've got these big, giant fucking pompadours. They, like, they look like Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, their music is, uh, you know, obviously 
very horror-inspired. Uh, re- horror uh, I mean, just their name alone kind of gives that away. Musically, they're like psychobilly band, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. they are. Um, and, I mean... <sighs> What, where do you draw the line? I mean, what do you, what do you think defines psychobilly? I think it's it's faster than rockabilly. You think? Yeah. Okay. A little little heavier. Mm. Um, I, I think the uh, the content is, you know, I I wouldn't consider you know like uh, the phenomenots as psychobilly. Right. But you know, a band like Necromantics or Punk Horror Pops playing rockabilly. That's all it is. Yeah. To me. That's that's pretty much it. Sure. Okay. Um. But yeah, they have a lot of songs about. I mean, mainly like zombies and you know the yeah. the undead monsters. Yeah. And, uh, um, God, and I'm, see, this is this is what I was worried about. Just being completely unprepared to like talk about specific bands, because I like can't even remember song titles. Um, but uh, a lot of yeah, just a horror theme in their in their music, and then um, the the horror pops, which is actually a related band because I think the singer is married. I, I think of- Horror Pops is the Necromantics and their wives. Okay, then, yeah. Um, but uh, female-led psychobilly band. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of uh, horror themes. Um, again, just the name, Horror Pops. I mean, yeah. Horror is in there. A lot of, <laughs> you know, talk about, you know, the undead and um, murder and that type of stuff. Yeah, they do... They kind of get into specific movies a little bit. Like, I know they talk about the Adams Family, and mm-hmm. they're more kind of, like, um, whimsical, I guess. Because, like, their imagery is very bright, very colorful. Yeah. You know, like, sh- her stand-up base is, like, uh, candy-striped. Yeah, yeah. And they have, like, their logo is a skull with pigtails. And- right. They're, yeah, they have, like, a lot of, like, yeah, kind of candy imagery. Yeah. Um, but, like... Uh, again, like a lot of skulls and stuff incorporated yeah. in their look, um, and also she, I mean she has, she has like a very like I can't remember her name, um, but the singer she has like a very vintage look to it mm-hmm. or to her um, you know like victory curls and that type of stuff. Um, yeah, they have go go dancers, which I th- always thought was cool. Yeah, I think that's the other two guys' wives are the are the go go dancers. Okay, um, yeah. Okay, well, Patricia Day. That's it. Okay, well, um, I guess that could lead us into country western. Country western. <laughs> no, we're we're going straight to horrorcore. Let's talk ICP. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. That's one thing we're not talking about. Did you hear about that like incident up in like Massachusetts where this guy like pulled like an airhead situation trying to get a radio station to play ICP? <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, oh! You guys didn't hear? Oh, we should have brought that up when they were doing their uh, news thing at the beginning yeah. of the show. <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, this jackass back east somewhere walked into the radio station with a gun. Uh, no, no, no. He no. went there with a hatchet. Listen, he went there. Was, oh, he, he walked fucking... in. He 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 walked into the radio station. Told them that he wanted them to play a song called "My Axe" by the group Insane Clown Posse, and then he pulled out an axe. <laughs> That ended up being quite a standoff there with the police. Yeah, and then there, yeah. It's like, it was like the plot of the movie Airheads, but much, much, much stupider. Did the guy, <laughs> the guy try sneaking out the back and doing the robot? <laughs> uh, okay, so. Anyways. Um, let's, let's move into just, um, just rock music, because um, I think that might predate metal. 
Uh, we mentioned the Monster Mash. Sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean. the only thing I can think of. <laughs> um, but no, I'm talking mainly about like, um, like. Uh, I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, Black Sabbath. <clears throat> yeah. Um, who? I don't know. Do you, you consider the metal? I mean, maybe in their later years, especially after the the Dio years. I think years. they were like kind of like a lot of people. You know, consider- a lot of people consider them to be the first metal band ever. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that sentiment. See, I don't know that I ever considered them metal un- uh, until the Dio years, when they definitely had like a metal sound. Yeah, there's a lot of debate to it, but it didn't really get ref- you know there was a lot of refinement years in the seventies, and then it just kind of got really into its groove in the nineteen eighties. You right. know. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, like the the first bands of any genre, when you look back at, on them, you know, because the, the the definition of the genre changes so much. That, like Elvis Costello was considered punk rock. Yeah, like you can look back at it now, and you're like, "There's this is in, in no way punk rock." <laughs> and the um, the Clash was considered new wave. <laughs> yeah. See, I like that. I mean, this off subject, but. Uh, when I first heard that they were considered new wave, I'm like, "What? <laughs> the guys that sing should I stay or should I go? Yeah, <laughs> how's that new wave?" But anyway, uh, okay, let's let's. How about uh, like Alice Cooper? Alice, that's a pretty yeah, obvious one. I think that's yeah. kind of like rock, but yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like more rock, but as far as horror theme goes, I mean, you've got Feed My Frankenstein. Yeah. That that was more well, his, one of his earlier hits from the seventies, Welcome to My Nightmare. Yeah. And uh that that's often credited as being possibly the first music video. Really? Okay, okay yeah, yeah. I, I thought um Yeah, he made he made a he made a music video for that song during the seventies. It, it, it it's absolutely ridiculous, but it might have scared people in the seventies. <laughs> well, you know, Alice Cooper, uh you know his his whole thing, his whole his whole look, his his um, his uh, stage show. It's all very horror inspired. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and like lyrically, not so much. Maybe maybe later later on in his later years. Uh, you know, in the eighties and nineties. I'd say it's the stage show and the persona. Uh, more so than the lyrical content. Yeah, but I mean, like uh, Taylor, but, 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 I, but I feel that qualifies him, you know. Yeah, the the, the theatrics definitely. Right. Um. You know, bringing out, uh, you know, like actual stage monsters and stuff. Kind of, yeah. kind of like how Iron Maiden does it with, yeah. with Eddie. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I feel the theatrics definitely make him whore. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, he he did make songs later on. You know, like Taylor said, like Feed My Frankenstein and Teenage Frankenstein. Um, and, um, oh God, there's another one I was thinking of. I mean, uh, he's back. Man Behind the Mask, right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a song from, uh, Friday the 13th, 6. Um, and, uh, yeah, so his whole image was, uh, you know, he, he had his face painted up. I mean, like the crow, obviously predates the crow, but, um, uh, like a kind of a Harlequin look to it. Um, and yeah, anyone, anyone help me out here? <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know a whole lot about Alice Cooper other than like, stick his- around, man. Hang out with us. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows how to party. Does this guy know how to party or what? 
Isn't uh, Milwaukee an Indian name? <laughs> Why, yes, Pete, it is. It's actually Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee, yeah. <laughs> Does this guy know how to party or what? Yeah. <laughs> I was so disappointed when I found out how right-wing conservative he is. Yeah, oh, really? That was sad. Another Ted Nijin, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, okay. How about um, we talk about uh, White Zombie and Rob Zombie? Um, I mean, obvious horror themes there. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not quite so much in um, uh, in White Zombie, but definitely Rob Zombie's, um, you know, solo stuff. Right. Uh, you know, things like Dragula and... Yeah, I, I feel he did more of the, yeah, the horror theme with... Uh... Yeah, the solo stuff rather than White Zombie. Uh, White Zombie, of course, uh, was named after uh, a film starring Bela Lugosi, mm-hmm. who was uh, who played Dracula for uh, in the old Universal Studios Dracula. Film. Right. Yeah, the good Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Well, the classic Dracula. Yeah. I'll say that. I, I like the ones that Hammer did with Christopher Lee. Those are good. My honestly, my favorite Dracula movie is the Coppola one. With Gary well, well, yeah, that, that's the best one, obviously. Yeah. A lot of people would disagree, though. Like, a lot of people say that... I think a lot of it has to do with um, uh, Keanu Reeves' involvement, <laughs> which was a bad move on the filmmaker's part. But He, he wasn't the best choice to play Jonathan Harker, but no. that, that film's still great. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the cast is amazing. Yeah. Except for, what's her face, Winona Ryder. <laughs> that would be most good. <laughs> Can we get a topless scene or something? Um, Maybe the hairdresser working on that film wasn't the best choice either. Right? It's like, oh, let's use a little gray hair hairspray and um, there. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what was up with that hairdo? I don't know. At the, at the begin when uh, Jonathan Harker first arrives at Dracula's castle, yeah, it's all like <laughs> big and like yeah. quaffed. So it's, it's like a big quaffed heart shaped bun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. That, that was about. very bizarre. Um, okay. Well, let's see. Yeah, we're at over half an hour here. So let's just get into metal, guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's so talk about metal. It's like the big thing where you have like way much more to talk about. You don't have to dig for stuff. Sure. Okay. So I can probably just be vague and just talk about like genres more than I can talk about specific bands. Right. Um, okay. So metal is obviously like the the place where bands come like horror themed bands come to thrive uh it's you know just the sound alone lends itself to a very horror mm-hmm. theme uh okay so when you th- when you think about metal and horror who comes to mind For, first thing that comes to mind definitely is king diamond yeah uh he's a horror storyteller every one of his albums is a concept album uh there there were two of his albums where only a couple of the songs tied together um but most of his albums are concept albums front to cover where he manages to weave his own stories that he comes up with lyrically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, people for years, he, he's hinted in the past uh, that he would one day like to uh, possibly uh, get someone, uh, find a film studio that would be willing to produce uh, a horror film based off the narratives from one of his albums. And uh, people for years have been just anxiously awaiting that. Hopefully that happens one day. 
And aside from the lyrical content he, uh, and the horror concept albums, and he comes up with some great stuff, uh, he's very theatrical live. His, his stage shows are really something to behold. They are just awesome. So, uh, yeah, he's the first thing that comes to mind for me. How about you, Jensen? Yeah, I would say King Diamond originally. He does have, like, that Alice Cooper thing of, like, putting on, like, huge stage theatrics. He does, like, literally make, you know... He does, like, literally write horror stories or, like, something that could be turned into a film, which I think they should. Some of them look like they'd be pretty good movies if done well, you know? Yeah, I, I always thought uh, either Abigail or Them could be really good Yeah, films. yeah, Abigail or Them would be fantastic films. Puppet Master, that'd be the best one. Puppet Master would be a good one. So well, it's because his the... eyes, <laughs> his eyes see everything. Or his eyes are eternal. Is that what he's saying? No, that one would be trippy. Some <laughs> some of his albums are great stories, but uh, would not translate very well to film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taylor. Oh, see, we're leaving my wheelhouse now. All right. Um. <laughs> uh. Come back to me. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'll, I'm going to say a few more words here. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of bands out there, a lot of metal bands. That, they're not really metal bands per se, but uh, they've gone down that road. Um, Anthrax, for example, you wouldn't consider them a horror band, but uh, they, they've uh, done three songs I can think of off the top of my head that lyrically are based off of Stephen King novels. Mm -hmm. um, also, you got Dokken. They uh, did the song Dream Warriors, which was specifically about the film... A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, the third Freddy Krueger movie. The best Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah, absolutely. I worked with a guy who was in a Dawkins cover band. Oh, oh yeah. nice. Called Space Dawkins. Nice. Did you play as George Lynch? Do you, do you guys know what Space Docking is? Space Docking? Yeah. It's, it's, it's when you freeze a turd, and then you use it as a dildo. Oh. Well, I learned <laughs> something today. <laughs> That is. <laughs> Aren't you guys so glad that that's something that exists I didn't in the world? That. I was thinking, dude, dude. I was thinking of like a cargo ship docking at the International Space Station. Yeah, yeah. Station. I was like thinking of like the G rating. I really wish I didn't know that. Docking. You know, it's like even if that's never been actually done, like nobody's ever actually done that oh, in it's the world. Been done I'm sure it's been done. Oh, probably. But even if someone, even that, if that's never been done, the fact that somebody took the time to conceive that idea. Make, and come up with a name for yeah, it. <laughs> it makes me so sad. <laughs> that is so horrible. You gotta understand, like, if they go to the depraved part of the internet, you can probably find it. <laughs> um, okay, so... How about Slayer? Slayer, yeah, I was kind of gonna <clears throat> go into that, like, uh... I think Slayer was, like, one of, one of the first, like, probably the most earliest known to, like, really glorify the whole Satan thing. Yeah. Although, the thing about Slayer is, like, the main guy that sings it is a Catholic, so I almost think that they're just kind of singing about the horrors of hell like a <laughs> Christian pastor would. Well, I would say Slayer qualifies. They're kind of all over the place. They, uh, they're best known for their overtly satanic lyrics. Uh, they've also done songs with traditional horror narratives, uh, kind of like the song At Dawn They Sleep. It was a song about vampires. Mm -hmm. uh, they've also done uh, songs about more real-life horror. Uh, for example, the song uh, 213 off the Divine Intervention album. That was a song about the serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm -hmm. yeah, not to mention like one of the most famous songs, like Angel of Death. That's about... Uh, Joseph Mengele. Yeah, Mengele. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. That guy was real and very horrifying. Yeah, I mean, you're just something as, as well known as, like, Raiden Blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, the title alone. <laughs> yeah. Conjures up, uh, like, the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's like they're probably like a, <laughs> one of the, they're like probably a lot of them because you know you go look back. I think that was back during like the Satanic Panic in the eighties, so they're kind of going with shock value. Mm-hmm. I think there was also bands like Venom, which like listen to them. I swear to God, they were probably shit faced the entire time they recorded. <laughs> they sound like they were drunk when you listen to them, but they just kind of had like a like the horror thief. They had like the like fucking satanic theme to them almost like they were praying to it and then you had merciful fate which is just like all like very pro Satan. right merciful yeah. fate was of course uh yeah, yeah, their king front man was king diamond who, yeah, whom yeah, i talked about earlier like, right uh, like venom more- is often credited with uh inventing the term black metal yeah which the right. way that it's kind of looked at now it didn't develop until like later in the 90s which they had like the you know the bands out of Sweden and Norway, which were like seriously like super satanic. Like some of them even went as far as to like burn churches down and stuff like that. They went way too far with it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird to think about like original black metal, like like Venom, and then what black metal's become, and just like see well, the vast I, difference. Yeah, well, I think it had its like ridiculousness. I think like a lot of them still have like the themes to it, like, with the music, but you don't see them, like, burning churches or anything. I think it was only, like, a couple, like, crazy bands like Mayhem or freaking Burzum and stuff like that mm-hmm. where they are, like, absolutely... It was more farcical back then. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 also, and like, it also sounded a lot different than what people uh, currently consider to be black metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, you have, like, a, of course there was, like, a lot of more tongue-in-cheek, like, the black metal band Immortal, which is, like, their videos, like, crack me up. Yeah, if you think of a, if you think of black metal, I think, anybody that's not familiar with black metal, if you think of black metal, you're probably thinking of Immortal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, out, basically, like, their whole thing was just, like, kind of looking at a very, like, they're pretty badass. Like, they sound like a badass black metal band. It's like their videos are kind of like silly, you know. Mm-hmm. They're out in the woods being grim. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like kind of technically all the serious ones are doing that too, but they just kind of like show you how ridiculous, kind of like how silly it right. really is, you know. Um, yeah, and then, or like a band like Behemoth, mm-hmm. um, kind of a similar, look, yeah, yeah. similar they, look to them. Similar look to them, you know, they go up there like, do their whole thing. They tear up. I saw, I've seen Behemoth live. I remember they tore a Bible up on stage. <laughs> like, making a lot of, you know, a lot of it is based on, like, kind of anger against Christianity or religion, yeah. you know? So, I think some of them are either seriously satanic or just doing it for the shock value or trying to make a statement about religion, you know? Yeah. But, you know, you talked about, um, uh, uh, Tom uh, Araya yeah, b- yeah. being a Catholic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, the same thing could go for, uh, you know, Avenged Sevenfold. Mm. Uh, their singer, uh, Matt Sanders, he's, he's a, well, I don't know if he's Catholic anymore, but he grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their music is like all the, like, doom and gloom shit out of the Bible, like a lot yeah, of Revelation yeah. shit. Yeah, it's like, the you know, look at the Hell of Wings album. Back when I first saw that, I was like, uh, religious and young it scared the shit out of me mm-hmm. you know it's like oh my god that's a pretty very vivid description of hell better than I've heard anything yeah, I mean, yeah it's just like a really badass album like that and I think that kind of, I think like the like 
kind of explaining Slayer. Like, I've heard interviews of Tom Iria trying to explain it. I kind of feel like Slayer is kind of more doing the whole, like, showing the horrors of hell just like some nutty pastor would. Right. You know? So, I mean, we're talking about, like, like satanic things or, you mm. know, hell I- imagery. Do we draw the line there? I mean, is is satanic stuff horror? You know, I think that all depends on who you ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a faithful person, absolutely. Well, I think even to, to like, uh, a non-faithful. Christian faithful? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think even to, like, the non-Christian faithful, you know, you, like, uh, you know, we've heard, like, seen all the imagery of hell. It's, like, honestly, like, the way that Christianity or religion in particular tries to paint hell as something so horrifying that you should be terrified of it. So I'd say, yes, it should be, like, mm-hmm. kind of right in the... It could be like the OG horror, you know, reading all the stuff in the Bible or the Quran or the Torah or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you, you read a lot of uh, ancient, uh, ancient, uh, like pre Christianity images of the afterlife. And, you know, mm-hmm. hell is a lot, oftentimes not even referenced. Hell isn't even mm-hmm. a place. I think it was more when uh, Dante Alighieri wrote the. Divine Comedy gave his image of hell as being your know, nine levels of yeah. I think that's kind of like the way we look at it contemporary watch was that was a work of fiction. You yeah, know, at yeah. the time it wasn't even supposed to be like a religious document. But mm-hmm. It was just like a work of fiction, which is yeah. His description of hell is much different than what's said in the probably the most New vivid Testament, description sure. of hell. But I think like a lot of it was still left up. Like even if you like. Like, like, ignore the divine comedy for, like, a little bit. I think a lot of it was just pure imagination, you know? Sure. What is it like? Like, the same thing. You can say the same thing about heaven, too, mm-hmm. you know? Like, what is it really like? There's not really any real answers, even to, a, like, a stern believer or a stern theist. Sure. You know? Are, um, you, guys, are you guys familiar with uh, Electric Wizard? Oh, yeah. And I've heard them. I don't know much about their lyric content, but I've heard their music. I know a lot of people that are like the stoner metal type of stuff like that. Yeah, um, I'm not really familiar. I'm, I put this question on Facebook, so I'm kind of going through some of the answers that I got back. Mm-hmm. But uh, it says their lyrics focus on the occult, witchcraft, HP Lovecraft, horror films, and cannabis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> and cannabis. <laughs> yeah, I just know they do like the really slow, groovy type of. Stoner metal. Yeah, this is, this I'm calls them doom metal. Them. Yeah, yeah, doom metal. That's another. I doom metal. I usually call it stoner metal, but yeah, doom metal is another term for it. St- stuff like the band Sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, I I I I've listened to them before. I've never really listened. Like took him much looking to. I've no. I take that back. I haven't looked at anything about their lyrics. You know. Yeah. So how about death metal? Death metal. That's a, definitely a whole thing. You know. I think there is definitely the horror aspect to that. Mm-hmm. Although it's funny, it's like the first band is ironically named Death. And it's funny, by, by modern day comparisons, they sound more like Thrash. Yeah, but, you know, they were kind of like the first to use the whole guttural vocals, you right. know? And it's like, it's funny, it's like they had like the horror imagery in their first few albums, but they went all philosophical, like, if you listen to their later stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they kind of a. You know, they were kind of like the front, like, pioneers of death metal, but they just abandoned the imagery altogether after yeah. a couple albums and just went all, like, 
I, I don't know. I really like the later death stuff where they got into like the philosophical themes, but that's not what we're discussing today. <laughs> but you know, that opened up the death metal f- mm-hmm. genre. I, I personally, I, I never got really into death metal uh, once it exploded in the early two thousands with the what they called the new wave of American heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I remember hearing like the original bands, like the really old ones when they first came out in the early nineties, like death and cannibal corpse and deicide. Yeah. That, that, that shit, that shit blew my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, well deicide, they, they were more like a black metal. I lyrically. would say they're more death metal. They had the satanic theme, but they were, Li- I think they sound- musically they were more death metal. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ly- lyrically. Yeah. They, they, they were basically just an overly satanic band. Um, or but, anti- uh, can- Cannibal Corpse, uh, you know, they, they didn't do the traditional horror narratives that they sang about, like, really disturbing shit. I mean, I, I, I can think of three... No, I can think... Yeah, I can think of three Cannibal Corpse songs off the top of my head that are about having sex with extremely decomposed dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why do they have so many songs about that one subject? And, well, they're just kind of going with the most gory, disgusting yeah. thing you can think of. Like you say what you like, know. Yeah, yeah, say what you know. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, point is, you know, it's not the traditional horror story narrative. It's more singing about absolutely horrific things. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say that qualifies as horror. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean... It's like I said before. It doesn't have to necessarily be about uh, a character or a certain, you know, yeah. well-known well, monster. Well, typically, when I hear the word horror, I think um, you know a, 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 a story that has an element of fear for one of the characters in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't so much and, fear. And you don't, you don't just... really get that out of a Cannibal Corpse song, but. It's it's, it's still a horrific thing, which I think qualifies it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that gore, like, is yeah. something that is a definitely a big. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, staple of horror. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, someone like me who like that's what I crave out of horror is mm-hmm. a real like strong gore aspect. Of course, um, and then you also have, like, the over-the-top gore. Like, I, I think of the band, like, a thrash metal band that just came out more more or less recently, Municipal Waste, which kind of had more of the trauma film feel to it. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys consider Ghost? Ghost? I would say they're, I don't know, they probably... A doom metal? I would say they're kind of more rock. I, I, I think call, they're more I, rock. I would call them traditional heavy metal. Yeah, I'd, I'd really say they're would. traditional. They're, they kind of sound like... traditional, I mean, with their imagery... Uh, you look at him and you think death metal or black metal, mm-hmm. but yeah, but it, but musically, I would consider them more traditional heavy metal. Yeah, like I would Iron say Maiden. like traditional, yeah. either that or just like kind of like traditional, like something you think of like Blue Oyster Cult. And you, you know? I, I think if I were to compare them to another band, it would definitely be Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, their their sound, yeah, is almost not. It, it, you can tell there's heavy inspiration. Yeah, you know yeah. that's that's a band. Of that, a lot of a lot of like. True metalheads like really bash on Ghost, which I like. I like. I feel like I'm in the minority, which I really love that band. I, I really like them. Oh, those guys are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I um, hear like a, so many people rag on them, and I, I don't think they deserve it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jerk off motion. Blue Oyster They're Cold touring is... with Iron Maiden right now. By the way, everybody, there. I know Iron Maiden. I would really like to see that. I, I don't believe they're coming uh, to our region. No, they're on not. Like the tour, Taylor. Blue Oyster Cult is a band that we didn't put on the list, but I, it's it's not something. It's not the first thing you think of either. No, but I mean, you've got Don't Fear the Reaper and you've got Godzilla. They're 
arguably their two biggest hits are both, you know, horror inspired. Mm hmm. I don't know. You just don't get like the fear thing. Just yeah, I mean, like... well, you, you look at them and they don't look like a horror band. Mm. They don't sound like. They, they don't. Have yeah, like a little bit of like the sci-fi imagery to them. But a little bit. They yeah. kind of like most like listen to a lot more of their songs. It just seems like more like your typical rock and roll music, you know, like yeah. something you hear out of. Uh, I, I think like in the seventies, um, and God, they do they date back to the sixties. No, I think they were. Mm, I don't, think I, so. I don't okay. know specifically, but I know like became. I, I think they were really popular among Satanists for whatever reason. I think I think the people they're trying to find like deeper meaning in the in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of people play like Judas Priest records backwards and just I don't that know. Type of shit. Like the, I think those are more like the nutty Christian types. Than yeah, working just well, I, I think people doing that kind of shit was a lot more prevalent back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so are you guys familiar with the band Lordy? Yeah. I'm not. No? Okay. Well, these guys, um, you know, to look at them, you'd think they'd draw their inspiration from Guar, but I, actually, they actually took, their singer, uh, Mr. Lordy, he, um, took inspiration from, from Kiss, uh, but they're each, each character, or each person in the band, like Guar, is dressed up as this horrific character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I thought that was too silly to be like horrorous. Like I don't know. Guar is really silly too. Yeah, I mean, and then that's another ha- another band we have on the list. Guar. Um, I mean, they. I mean, they're 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 aliens. Mm-hmm. Guar. You know, their characters are supposed to be aliens, but you know. They're fucking like spilling fake piss and shit and mm-hmm. and oh you know, yeah, and come I, on on the audience. I, I and- saw Guar once, and I remember like I got covered in flake blood, and I remember the next day I was taking a shower, and I just saw like blood like crossing. I was like freaking out. I was like, oh wait a minute, I was just at a Guar con. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Lordy, uh, you know they dress up as actual monsters. Um, I think. The lead singer, um, Mr. Lordy, he, he's, he, I think he's an alien. Mm-hmm. Um, like his character is an alien. But, I mean, they've had, um, uh, like, uh, like a ghost character. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a mummy. So they're the village people of horror? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, their, not only their image, but their music is very heavily horror-inspired. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think probably one of their w- most well-known songs is called Would You Love a Monster Man. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's them? Yeah. Okay. I know that song. I didn't know that was them. Um, but uh, also, I mean, just a lot of their songs have horror themes to them. So, I, I mean, I think out of all the bands we've talked about, I think that they most hit the point of having a horror look and having a horror theme. The most? I think so, yeah. Of bands we've talked about so far, yes, but I can top you. Okay. The Survivors of Camp Crystal Lake. I don't think they're around anymore. I actually discovered them doing research for this episode. But the lead singer dresses like Freddy Krueger. The (laughs) bass player dresses like Michael Myers. The guitar player dresses like Leatherface, and the drummer dresses like Jason Voorhees. Nice. And they, um, I, I, I only saw the horror movie theme right yeah. there. 
I, I only saw one album from them called, I think it was called Rated M for Murder. <laughs> and uh, all the songs are just like, they're either names of horror movies or like catchphrases from horror movies. Nice. And uh, they have pictures on their Facebook page of them playing shows. And it, it looks like they have people that just go around and just dump blood on people in the middle of the show. <laughs> um. Yeah, and you know, I think that's an important part of being a horror type band is having, you know, if you're if you're a, uh, uh, an active touring band and you want to convey this horror image or really any image, it's important to have a stage show that backs it up. So, yeah. you know, like dumping blood on people or shooting piss and cum and blood at people <laughs> and or yeah, um, just killing like celebrities on stage, biting yeah. heads off bats, <laughs> biting heads off bats. Um yeah, or you know, a band like Ghost that puts on this this sat- satanic, um, you know, th- this image of us like a satanic mm-hmm. church worship. I mean, that's like kind of their stage show. Um, and I God, I love their look. They look so cool. Mm-hmm. They really do. I do. Ghost yeah, I do like so the way awesome. they do the makeup. It actually does. Like in a dark area, it does look like he's a skeleton. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I so wish uh, Maiden was coming here on the leg of this tour. Yeah, Ghost would be so better than the band we did see open for them on the first leg of the tour. Did you guys see them recently? I saw them the last time. Uh, came we we, we saw them on the first leg of the Book of Souls tour. The Tacoma oh. Dome. Okay. Who opened up for them? I don't even remember. I, I, I forget the band's name, but they were like one of those throwback L.A. glam rock bands. Yeah. Uh, Steel Panther, but that was they opened for Judas Priest. Yeah. They're great. Steel Panther is the singer from Steel Panther is uh, cut like writing a song for uh, a director that we're kind of friends with. Oh, really? Yeah, for her her debut film. Oh, that's oh, cool. shit. Yeah. That's, that's he probably crazy. fucked her. <laughs> I don't know if we go by... Hear that, Lisa? I, think I was thinking it, but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking, like, you got to think of the lyrics of Steel Panther. He probably did, if they're true to it. If they live it. If oh, they live God, it, I hope she hears this. they're serious about it, if not, they're posers. <laughs> they're hacked. Uh, like, the two of us and her, like, we just throw each other all the time, and so I really hope she hears that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so God, what's left? Um, I, I, I came across one other one and you might not rem- remember the name, but one of the songs, I know you recognize it. Dead man's bones. They had a song called my body's a zombie for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you, do you know who's in that band? No. Ryan Gosling. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Apparently they're, they, they put out one CD and just looking at the uh, titles, there's My Body's a Zombie for You, obviously. Um, Werewolf Heart, Dead Man's Bones, Flowers Grow Out of My Grave. <laughs> Interesting. And yeah, Ryan Gosling is the singer. Except he goes by Baby Goose. Because <laughs> it's a Gosling. Yep. Okay. Um, well, I think we've burned through most of the, the list that we've put together. Do you guys have anything that we haven't talked about that you want to mention? Not to my knowledge, no. I think I, I think I got everything I wanted to say out of the way. All right, Jeremy. You guys don't have anything to offer from any other genres. Um, I can't think of any like horror yeah. EM or horror pop. I mean, like I can think of like other than like Michael Jackson's Thriller. That's probably like, sure. I mean, there's Thriller. Yeah. Um, there's like uh, you know Will Smith did Nightmare on My Street. 
Yeah. Um, I think the the was it the Fat Boys did. Song. Oh, are you ready for Freddy? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's probably yeah. a lot of rap groups out there that do horror rap, but I don't know much about them. Well, yeah, really. yeah. That, I mean, that, that's something I think I can, I might be able to talk about a little bit. Uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I wish I could say that I knew of like a jazz or a country western band that did horror themed stuff. That'd be pretty cool. But uh, I can't. Yeah, the, the, the only the only other genre I can really think of is hip hop. Uh, if you're talking about uh, rap and hip hop. You know, I think a lot of people might think of ICP. You know, I don't care for them at all. You know, uh, but I think they have some stuff that a lot of people will consider. Uh, you know, horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. There, there was a there was a rap group uh, in the early '90s uh, that I became aware of uh, because of the soundtrack to the film uh, "Tales from the Crypt" presents Demon Knight. Uh, they were called the Grave Diggers, not not the Grave Diggers, mind you, the Diggers, D I G G A Z. And uh, I, I saw a picture of these guys one time, and uh, you know, you know, it was it was a, a hip hop group, is you know, a group of black guys, and they were wearing like uh, white face paint that made their face look like skulls. They were it was pretty cool looking, and uh, uh, lyrically, uh, and this was at a time when you know, gangster rap had first kind of become a thing and uh, swept the more traditional guys like Cool Modi and them under the rug. These guys tried, uh, they, they avoided that whole gangster angle and they went for the horror angle. They called themselves horror rap. And uh, I, I, I heard a couple of their songs and they, they, they tried to do like a horror gimmick thing. So uh, that's an example of a hip hop group doing that, you know. Um, I mean, there, there's a whole subgenre of rap that's it's horror core. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know, I, that's I what that ICP ex- is yeah, considered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know much about that. I, I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't really think of any examples of uh, like horror and music outside rock, punk, and metal, other than them. Yeah, I yeah. can only think of like I think the best I can think of is like a uh, shit. I can't even remember the fucking name of a. Uh, yeah, I can't even think of the name. <laughs> I have like a bunch. I'll probably like think of it like several hours later. But <laughs> I mean, according to Wikipedia, Ghetto Boys are horrorcore. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I mean, the only songs I know of theirs are the ones from Office Space, but those aren't horrorcore at all. Uh, it also considers Eminem horrorcore. Maybe Eminem. at times, like certain yeah, songs. specific songs, but not, I wouldn't call him horrorcore as a rapper. Yeah, see that, that that'd be like calling Doc in a horror band because they did Dream Warriors, right? There, there's a rapper named uh, Grave Plot. Oh, no with, shit! With two T's, <laughs> with two T's at the end. Um, God, you know, I'd say like, oh, Tech Nine. I was gonna say Tech Nine, but I didn't want to because I don't really know his music. But I didn't want to sound ignorant. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I'll take the hit. Uh, yeah. So I mean, there's definitely a horror uh, element to. I, I think it's available to all genres of music. Yeah, it, it extends beyond rock, punk, and metal. That's pretty much yeah. just what I'm familiar with. Yeah, and yeah. like, sorry, you know, guys listening to this, uh, I think probably most of you are, you know, you listen to rock music of one sort or another. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what we know, so that's what we talked about. <laughs> if we left anything out, you guys are more than welcome to contribute online. Hit us up on social media or, or whatever. Or just leave a comment on this post on graveflotpodcast.com. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, I mean, I guess that's kind of it, right, guys? I mean, yeah, unless you have anything else to add? Cool. 
All right. Well, uh, this went better than I thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Are you, you were expecting were you, less out of me? <laughs> I was, yeah, I was expecting was gonna be shitty because we were so ill prepared for this whole thing. Oh, I okay. thought it was just going to fall apart. Like it's like, like all right, we're going to be done talking in like twenty minutes. So, but we've gone for well over an hour now. So, excellent. Yeah, or not well over, just over. Well, just enough. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm glad I was able to save this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll take You're all welcome. the credit. Thanks for, for the it. contribution. Oh. Yeah, but no, thanks a lot for coming on, guys. It was it was really nice having you. And I oh, think yeah, it was fun. Definitely I contributed. Because if it was just us talking to each other, this would have been over in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jensen, is there a place for people to follow Dark Triad online? or um, Not yet. Um, we're working on that. Um, maybe the next time I do a do- uh, podcast. Maybe we'll have information about that, but right now we don't have anything yet. Dark Triad is still like a working name. I was going to say, are you guys married to that name? <laughs> Yeah, we're not married to it. I'm just fucking with you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's know more about it uh, when that time comes. Cool. Cool. And Jeremy, just <laughs> keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to get back into it pretty soon here, but. Cool, man. Hopefully. Yeah, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try. I mean, we've got what, pretty much the whole year planned out so far. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get you in eventually to talk about the, the shot on video stuff. Yeah, yeah. If we could do that SOV res, uh, retrospective, I, I got volumes to say about that. I think that'd make a good episode for you guys. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's gonna do it for this episode. Thanks again for coming on, guys. Uh, it's yeah, good. no problem. We haven't seen you in a while, so oh, it's yeah, good seeing you again. Uh, and good having you contribute. Um, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode, episode 92, where this is going to be our Italian episode, right? Hey, Italiano! Hey. We're going to be watching some, uh, some actually both fairly well-known uh, Italian horror movies. Um, and uh, we might have a guest. Not sure. Haven't talked to him yet. But we'll see. Yeah, we're going to be watching Demons and City of the Living Dead. Yep. Um, yeah, so... That was going to be uh, in two weeks from now. And in the meantime, where can they find this, Taylor? Best place to find us is at GravePlotPodcast.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as GravePlotPodcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or wherever else podcasts are found. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch up with you next time. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>